This episode is brought to you by The Prepared Company. The Prepared Company helps wills and estates lawyers by providing a secure, white-label platform to manage and distribute your clients' digital records after they pass away. Passwords, cryptocurrency, photos, legal documents and more, you can now provide a safe and secure way to pass your clients' data while also protecting their privacy. Bring your estate's business into the 21st century with The Prepared Company. Mention the Doing Law Differently podcast for 20% off your business subscription. You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm Lucy Dickens and today's guest is Bernadette Jewell of Great Southern Wills. Bernadette grew up in Sydney. She got her master's at Sydney University and spent the first 10 years of her career at top and medium tier law firms in Sydney. She then moved to Albany in Western Australia, far from the city life that she had become accustomed to and opened her law firm Great Southern Wills in 2020. Great Southern Wheels are an estate planning firm with a really modern approach to law and you'll hear right at the beginning of this conversation, Bernadette gives us a great introduction to her firm, to its values and philosophy, why she founded it and some of the key components that have led or helped her to build a successful business over the last 18 months. And then we spend the rest of the conversation really picking up on some of those themes that she introduces us to. So we talk about marketing, we talk about using social media, we talk about developing a specialist law firm in a country town where most lawyers tend to focus or tend to build generalist law firms. We talk about pricing, just to name a few of the things that we look at in terms of Bernadette's approach to doing law differently. Rather than repeat it all for you here, let me hit play on the interview and introduce you to Bernadette Jewell of Great Southern Wills. This episode is brought to you by The Prepared Company. Welcome to the podcast, Bernadette. Thank you, Lucy. It's lovely to have you here. We first connected, I think, back in 2020. We may have connected online before this. I can't remember. You can fill me in. But my first memory of our proper first interaction is when you sent me a lovely email in response to reading my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently. You sent me a long email setting out all of your reflections and learnings and things that you got out of the book, which was so lovely to receive as a brand new author. But since then, I have watched you on social media, which sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like I'm stalking you. I'm not stalking you. That's just what we do these days, isn't it? We connect on social media. Um, As your business has grown and evolved since you launched about a year ago today, right? November 2020? 18 months ago. 18 months. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So 18 months ago, and you are another of those law firms who launched during the COVID lockdown. Seemed to Mm -hmm. be a common theme. I've spoken to a few people who are in that kind of bucket. Um, So I've watched online as your business has grown and I think it's been wonderful and I was looking, I am looking forward to speaking with you to learn a bit more about some of the behind the scenes. So let's start with where you are today. Give us your introduction to Great Southern Wheels. Okay, so Great Southern Wheels, uh, we're a law firm servicing the Great Southern region only and that comprises Albany down south, Mount Barker, Denmark and our population is 
you know, young fam comprises young families, farmers, businesses, the elderly, but predominantly farmers, and that's my market. Yeah. And there are a lot of law firms in the region, but they're generalists, mm -hmm. where you're a typical country lawyer, and the country lawyer may typically um, deal in general commercial law, family law, criminal law, and then wills. It's just a basic bread and butter of their practice. And what I wanted to do was when I was working in Albany prior to launching Great Southern Wills, widow would present with a will saying the husband has passed away and the will was drafted inadequately or someone has passed away without a will and then we're dealing with a young widow with young children and a risk of her losing a home. Or we'd see a farming son whose dad hasn't done a proper will and now the farming son has lost the farm. But that was my history and that was litigation and mediation and deed of family arrangements and all that. And I thought there must be a better way of practising law. Instead of dealing with the fallout, the disputes, there's got to be a better way of practising law. And I thought, well, why don't these people get a will done properly in the first place? An up-to-date, properly advised will. These people need a specialist, not your country lawyer doing all types of law. So I thought I wanted to establish a law firm that specialised in wills and rules only. And I've been dealing in this area of law for 20 years. And I thought, okay, so I'm going to specialise just in wills. And when I launched my firm, I spoke to a number of other lawyers in the region. They said, that's a crazy idea, Bernie. You're going to cut yourself out of the market. We're a small population of 50,000 people. If you're just doing wills, you're going to fold in a year's time. And I said, well, let's see. Yeah, you'll take on the challenge. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just give me the challenge. So I launched in April last year. And that was during lockdown, which was quite interesting. And during the um, forced lockdown, I found people on Facebook scrolling for information. And I thought that was a good opportunity for me to have videos explaining to people, just short three-minute videos about common myths about wills. Do you know if you passed away, your spouse may not get everything? In WA, they'll only receive the first 50000 and one-third of the estate. Really? And that's what people would say. Do you know if you married, that could revoke your will? Do you know superannuation may not form part of your estate and may not be given to your loved ones? You need to do a nomination. What's that? So just really getting to the pain points of wills. And lawyers traditionally don't do that. They don't give free information out. And I found I got, I got a lot of traction out of that. And at the beginning of our law firm, a lot of our work was through Facebook. And then from there, it was word of mouth. And so we've grown from $10,000 revenue in the first month to like $60,000 a month at the moment. And it's all word of mouth referrals. Excellent. See, those 50,000 people may only be 50,000 people, but they talk to each other and they all they need do. wills and estate planning, don't they? They do. 50,000 is a lot of wills. <laughs> it is, it is. So that's my goal. I've got the big goal on the map. <laughs> it's 50,000. Is that the number you want, you're aiming for? <laughs> I don't think I can draft 50,000 in my lifetime. <laughs> but the goal is for the firm to live 
as long as possible and okay. service 50,000 people. But I actually don't want to do all the wills. I'd, I'd like other lawyers to share the workload with me as well. Yeah, sure. I love that introduction. Thank you for that because you've sort of taken us on a bit of the journey, but you've also touched on some of the themes that I wanted to explore with you in this interview. So we'll kind of go back to and touch on some of those things that you've mentioned. But I guess the, the starting point, I didn't know you were a litigation lawyer in previous roles. So I think it's great. I really love that you saw this challenge. And I see this as well. Obviously, as you know, we practice in the same areas. I'm just about five hours mm-hmm. north of you in the state. <laughs> we practice in the same area. I see the same challenges. I remember the first time a client came in whose husband had died and they had minor children and all the assets were in his name. And she was in that position. How, how am I going to afford to live? Because my daughter inherits most of the estate and she's four. So what are we going to do? And I remember the first time being the lawyer advising in that situation thinking, wow, people need to pay more attention to this. This is important. And how can we get the message across? But what I love is that you, despite having 20 years of litigation history, you said, I don't want to keep fighting this. I want to go and solve the problem at the root. And that's how you set up your business as being the estate planning, not the having the fight on the other side of it, which I love. How does that feel for you to be making that difference now to so many lives to actually be addressing this problem that you identified? Oh, it feels so good, Lucy. Just to hear a client say, you've given me peace of mind yeah, and I've now provided for my family. It's the greatest gift to know that if they were to pass away or become incapacitated, that everything will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And what's even more rewarding for us at Great Southern Wales is that our clients are young families. They're not really the elderly, but it's young families who know the importance of having a will prepared. And now they feel like this huge weight has been lifted off their shoulders, particularly with parents. They have such a huge mental load, a mental list. Mm -hmm. And preparing a will is in that list. And if we can just overcome the barriers of preparing a will and they come in and sign their documents, they're going, this is actually quite easy. Yeah. I didn't do this ages ago. And then they can just sign it, put it away and don't have to think about it for a long time. Yeah. I think that is one of the big challenges with estate planning though is getting people to put it at the top of their priority list because nobody likes to think about the fact that they might die, particularly especially if, I mean, we're all going to die, but nobody likes to think about it. And you especially don't like to think about it if you've got young children. So people just avoid it. Even my own family, my sisters, I have three sisters who all have young children and only one of them has a will. And I keep reminding them, hello, I'm here. I'm your sister. I can help you with this. This is not difficult. And they still put it off and put it off. And I think that's one of the things that you've done really well with your marketing, which is something that you've also just touched on in your social media is you're bringing this to the forefront of people's attention. Absolutely. So if you put those issues out there and people think about it and they talk to their friends as well and um, then they, you know, talk about all these issues and then they'll say, okay, we need a will done. Who do you recommend? And then our work, our work is predominantly word of mouth thereafter. Tell us more about your use of social media. You've mentioned the videos that you posted when you first started your firm, but you're still using social media I like your social media account. I follow your Instagram. That's where I mostly see you pop up. Tell us how you Mm -hmm. use it. It was just um, Mythbusters. So getting that information out, talking about the pain points and the issues 
and also providing that information for free as well. But then I'm making it a bit more personal now as well and looking at behind the scenes with our firm. So we've hired two new people in our firm. And then two days ago, we bought a brand new car for the firm, a Land Cruiser. So we'll be taking that up to the farms. And in our social media posts, you can see my team test driving the car to see <laughs> Do we approve? <laughs> so you can see these behind the scenes. You can see us um, wrapping up these care packages that we give our clients at the end of the meeting. So they'll receive a workbook, copies of their wills, tea, some pens, lovely gifts in their care package. And then you learn more about our team personally as well. So people know that I have a five-year-old daughter and people get to know Rachel and Brayden and Paul and just us because when you meet with us, it's quite personal and we find our clients know a lot about me already and they're actually, they find they're very, they're more comfortable if they know what I'm like and they, there's a sense of trust but also authority and then that is the already the icebreaker. They're already in the door. They know who, what we're like, what we're about and then we go straight into the estate planning. And it helps with breaking down those barriers that we spoke about just before. People don't generally don't want to see a lawyer or they see a lawyer if they've got a problem, whereas we need to get people in the door beforehand and encourage them. So if they feel like they have got to know you or they have even have a relationship with you beforehand, then that makes a big difference, doesn't it, to those barriers? I mean, I can walk down York Street. This is a main street in Albany. And I've had people pulling me over. This is a Wills girl. <laughs> <laughs> And because we also have a car with our branding, Great great Southern Wheels as well. We actually get a lot of work out of the car too, Mm -hmm. just driving around town. But we are in a very small community and everybody does talk. And, yeah, it's really good just to get those issues out. Yeah. So just to kind of complete that circle in terms of the decision to open up a specialist law firm in the small country town, that was one of the things that you mentioned in your email to me. You said, thank you for saying that this is okay because everybody's telling me, warning me not to do this, but Mm -hmm. it's obviously working just fine for you. That's right. So taking a note from your book, Practicing Law Differently, absolutely love your book. The lawyers in the country town, their hourly rates so, you know, they'll say our first meeting's $400 and thereafter it's hourly rates and it's tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. For me, it's like sitting in a cab at a red light and the meter's tick, 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 but you're not actually providing a service when we're at a red light. So what we provide are fixed fees and that's something different. In addition, our fixed fees are on our website. They're on our pamphlets that we give out to referrers. They're also on our door to our office Mm -hmm. so they're transparent and you know what our fees are before you step into the door yeah so that's important for us definitely let's talk a bit more about fixed fees obviously that's a common topic on this podcast but one I haven't actually haven't spoken about for quite a few episodes so let's explore that a bit more you mentioned to me when we were preparing for this interview that you have reviewed your fees or increased your fees several times since you started. Tell us about that journey and and the reason why I'm interested to explore it just to help with your kind of how you, what you focus on in your answer is a lot of the questions I get around pricing is how do I know what to charge and what if I get it wrong? And that's why I'm interested in you sharing your story of how that has evolved for you and your business. Okay, so when we launched, um, we were very conscious about pricing. I did want our fees to be too low because you are 
um, sitting in front of a lawyer with 20 years experience. I didn't want to charge $500 an hour either. So I initially started with the will being how much was it? $400 for a will and then $500 for a couple. And I thought that was quite reasonable. And so clients would come in and see me and the meeting was, our meetings are always free, but I spent an hour to an hour and a half talking about the client's family, their assets, their goals, their dreams, their wishes, et cetera. And then at the end of the meeting, I'll tell them how much the fees are and they know. And I'll say, Bernadette, that's too low. You've given us so much information. This meeting's already free. And you've given us so much information, you need to increase your fees. And I've had many clients actually go through the fee guide with me and say, this is what we think it should be. And they've changed my fee from $400 to like $600, et cetera. The couples went from $500 to $800. And then that's happened four times. So I'm looking at the market and what the clients perceive the value is. Because they're saying, you're not charging for the nominations. You're not charging for this advice about life insurance and how we pay off our mortgages. You're providing this extra service that other lawyers don't provide. And if we're underinsured, you're giving us contacts to a financial advisor. You know, if we've got a, a business, you're referring us to an accountant. If we don't already have one, et cetera. So there's a real lots of value out there. And then if they have young children, we talk about guardianship of the children. And I don't just put in my wills, I appoint my sister as guardian. We also talk about, okay, if both of you pass away, the combined wealth will be given to the children. Your guardian can't access that money at all. They've already got three children. They will now have your two children. That's five children. How big's their house? Is it a three-bedroom? Do they need a four-bedroom house? Okay, there's five people. You've got a five-seater car, but there's seven of you now. They'll need a seven-seater car. They'll need a bigger car. So, and then we talk about the practicalities of that all, and they realise this isn't a simple will. This is not a newsagent will exercise. This is actually more than that. And Bernadette's spending a lot of her time and giving a lot of valuable information in this free meeting that she needs to charge appropriately. And we don't want to lose her, you know, <laughs> because she's charging too low and she's not making money. She's not a charity. <laughs> so um, she needs to charge appropriately. And so um, even my referrers were saying I was charging too little. Yeah. And that's the best kind of feedback, isn't it? Is to put an idea out there, put a product out there and then see what the response is. And I mean, you're not always going to get clients be as upfront as saying, hey, you're really, you should really be charging more. But even if that comes directly, I mean, you can ask the question, can't you? But you can often tell, you know, you can just tell whether they're saying it explicitly or not. You can tell by the feedback that you get and the kind of the way that they interact with you. And again, in that meeting, you are demonstrating the value that you're providing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think for lawyers listening to this, I think that's the important thing to show the value and clients are more than happy to pay for that value. And I'm also upfront. I also say to them, our invoice, the amount due on our invoice is due at the signing meeting. And we're booking that in, in two to three weeks time. 
So it's all agreed. Because I've had some clients initially when it was my fees were so low, they would say, that's so low, Bernie, can we pay now? I want to lock it in. And I'll say, sorry, I don't have a trust account. It has to be after I do the work. And after I've done all the work, you've signed your documents, then you pay. So you just need to be upfront with the fee and upfront as to when it's due and upfront as to when they'll receive their documents. And clients are happy with that. And so just just to continue the fees point, you've taken the feedback on and you have increased your prices and how have you felt? Have you been worried when you've done that, that people won't engage you again or how is that? Again, the reason why I ask this is we've done this several times is increase our fees and think, oh, is the work going to stop coming in? And we've always found it remains, workload remains the same. It's just the price that's gone up. But what's been your experience? It's word of mouth again. It's all word of mouth. If you provide a professional and um, consistent service, and that's with all your staff as well, from the receptionist to the lawyer to the paralegal to the person putting the deeds packet together, if you provide that service, then the word of mouth, it's out there. And fees are not the issue. So they're happy to pay that fee. However, we can't service everybody. And there are some clients that are on the concession cards, etc., And we've got a good relationship with the Albany Community Legal Centre. And if that potential client fits within their criteria, we will forward them to them and the rules are free. So they'll also get that service with them. But we want to make sure we're we're targeting the right people. You've mentioned that your first meeting, your initial meeting, or in fact, you said all your meetings, but your meeting, the first one, let's just go with that, is free. This is the one where you're taking the instructions, you're learning about the family, all that kind of thing. What's your conversion rate on that meeting? 98%. Yeah, so it's pretty high. I'd say 98, 99%. Mm. I'm assuming that would be in part because of the great service you're providing, plus people are coming to you mostly by way of word of mouth referral so that you already have that sort of trust before they've even begun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the 1% or 2%, that's where they've presented their wills to us and I've reviewed it and I will say this is actually up to date. Mm-hmm. This reflects your wishes. There's not much point. I can't really add any more value to this. Maybe just update your super nomination, but you can do that for free and I'll show you how to do it. And I'll say, look, it's up to date. Let's just catch up again in three years. There's nothing that needs to be done. That's right. Fair enough. Wow. So you've given us lots of advice already. I like the way you've sort of had this conversation with me because you've not only explained what you've done, but you've said, here's the advice I would give to others. But as you know, the question I always finish with on this podcast is what advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently? So if you had to boil it down to one or two main things, what would your advice be? Number one is back yourself. Have the confidence in your decision. It's really hard launching a firm on your own, but if you surround yourself with people that will support you and that will back your decision and are your cheerleaders, then I think that's the best thing ever. And I think that's why our firm has been so successful because I've got a small group of people in Albany who support us and have been with us all the way. And if I have my down days, They're there to cheer me up and say, no, this decision's a good one, Bernie. (laughs) Just stick with it. Just stick with it. So that would be my number one advice. Just back yourself. 
great advice, which is clearly what you've done because when you started your business, many people were telling you that you've got the wrong idea. <laughs> you need to rethink this, Bernie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to work, but you had faith in yourself and you backed yourself and you've been able to build this amazing business. So well done to you. Thank you. And thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Lucy. That's all for today's episode of the Doing Law Differently podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do law differently and you're looking for some guidance and inspiration to help you along the way, then get your hands on my book. It's time to do law differently, how to reshape your firm and regain your life. You can get it on my website, lucydickens.com.au forward slash book or on Amazon or Booktopia where you'll also find the ebook versions too. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast and be sure to tell your friends and let other people know too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.